man, what you want to do? You feel like going down and catching some basketball? Yeah, hey, the Pelicans, the New Orleans Pelicans. Woo! I want to see them. Yeah, I like going they're to see them. They're locking up down there. Yeah, about being too. What you think we can sit courtside? Well, I can't sit no courtside. I'm up in the nose. Where you think? You want to be upstairs or downstairs? Downstairs, they got waiters to wait on. Let me tell you, upstairs, though, you get the jumbo sign. Ooh, yeah. And I'll be looking at the scoreboard when they run it up, baby. Oh, you know they're going to score. Welcome to another edition of Pelican Crew Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Fontenot. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for finding us from all our podcasting uh, affiliates, all the guys that we pushed it out to. You can find us on anchor.fm, breaker.audio, Google Podcasts, Republic, uh, Radio Republic, and of course, Spotify. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, uh, all, all that fun stuff that comes with, uh, with podcasting. If you would, uh, I don't even know if you can leave reviews on some of those sites. I know on Spotify you can't, but... Uh, if you share it, please do. Uh, we always want to grow the crew. Uh, like I've said before, we are a podcast born out of a Facebook page. Just a bunch of friends that got together around 2016 to discuss um, the New Orleans Pelicans and the NBA as a whole. Feel free to join us on Facebook. You can find us at Pelican No S Crew K R E W E Pelican Crew on Facebook. Easy to join. Just join the conversation. Uh, we love talking to people. We have uh, followers followers, and members uh, throughout that South Louisiana uh, and spanning from uh, the New Orleans area uh, all the way through, uh, even into Texas a little bit, I do believe. So come join the crew and uh, like and follow and share the podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So let's talk about, let's, let's wrap this all up. Let's end the um, off-season of David Griffin and just find out what's been going on and, and what's happened. So, we have a resolution in the Alonzo Ball deal. So, that trade has, that signing trade has gone through. Now, we're still waiting on word from the home office, from the association on the tampering, whether uh, New Orleans is in the mix, whether there will be some penalties for, you know, talking before time happened that you could talk. Um... I know there's been discussions that the NBA may try to kind of alleviate some of this from happening in the in the future. There has been talks, especially since uh, the previous year with all the COVID stuff, and that kind of shifted, you know, the off season a little bit about moving the draft after free agency, kind of like what's done in, in other leagues like the NFL, uh, which would be great. Uh, that means. Kids can actually be drafted by the teams that they're actually going to play for. You know, it's kind of <laughs> talking to some of our, some of my family and friends when we're watching the NBA draft or, you know, even talking to people in the crew that we've pulled in some friends who are just trying to get interested in the NBA uh, in general. And uh, they're, they're big followers of the NFL and they watch the draft and they don't understand how the trades work and why they can't be finalized until free agency opens and why this kid who technically is going to be going to this team has got to put on this other team's hat and all this business. And then there's the tampering. 
So hopefully in the future, maybe the the NBA will 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 swap it a little bit and uh, maybe help you know help us to try to not have to have those explanations to to friends and family who you know are interested in getting into the NBA. It's it's always fun. Uh, one of the reasons we started the Facebook page is because it's unique. Obviously, since there's only 30 cities who will have an NBA franchise and to have your state have an NBA franchise when you're, you're typically a smaller market, it's it's something that, you know, the community can rally around and something that it's, it's special. So you get friends who talk to you about the league and want to learn about the NBA and how it works and uh, how it's different from the NFL, especially in, in the politics and the, uh, in the off season and all that good stuff. And it does get kind of tricky to try to explain that. So maybe down the line, the NBA will fix that and you know, we go from there. But so we don't know what's going on uh, from the, the front office. If the Pelicans, we, will be penalized if Chicago will be penalized, but the trade has gone through. Lonzo Ball is uh, off to Chicago to play with them for $21, $22 million a year. And we get back second round pick, Thomas Sadaransky and Garrett Temple. Solid vets and a second round pick, which that's a second round pick. So concluding the offseason of David Griffin, where are his highs? Where are his lows? Did he hit the mark? Did he do what he wanted to do? Did he bring in IQ, toughness, and shooting? I think that's the three. I'd have to go back and watch the video. The guy speaks out of his head, but supposedly those were some of the keys that he was going to bring in to the organization. Where I think he did hit the mark is in, in the coaching staff. I think we've gotten a slight upgrade in so much that we've got a younger guy, he'll be able to relate to the young players that we have on the team. And we actually did get a little bit younger this year. He's played in the league. He's coached on championship teams. So hopefully there's going to be some buy-in, especially from our stars, because it really didn't matter if we picked up a big name free agent to swing a huge transformation on this team by just one guy was going to be pretty difficult. It ultimately comes down to Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, their buy-in, especially on the defensive end. And I think we may have a guy that can at least, you know, prod them in the right direction. If you're watching summer, uh, summer league, uh, the head coach, new head coach, Willie Green, is coaching the team, which is a little rare, but, you know, I applaud that. He's not resting on his laurels, saying he's got the job, and he's preparing for the season. He's actually going out there, getting his feet wet, getting in the groove of being a head a head coach with the Summer League team. You know, uh, a little practice for him. Since he is a rookie coach, it makes sense that he's going to coach rookies um, to try to get his feet wet. But if you've watched some of the games, you can see that he's even even switching up uh, defenses throughout, going zone at times, uh, changing personnel, uh, switching back to man, uh, having guys 
that are are better on the defensive end, shading to the better players that they're guarding, uh, that that are on the other team, uh, trapping a little bit. You're, you're seeing some of the the rookies that are more apt um, to defense. Obviously, Herbert Jones, um, Trey Marshall the third. You're seeing a, a guy like Najee Marshall, who looks like I mean he honestly doesn't need to play anymore at the summer league. He's proven it. He's head and shoulders above a lot of the guys that are on the court when he's out there. He's going to be a very solid rotational player for the Pelicans this coming season. So you see Willie Green doing some things that hopefully once the roster is set and he can get the buy-in from our stars, that you'll see some, some vast improvement. So, David Griffin hires Willie Green. That looks like a plus. Willie Green pulls in a good friend of his in uh, Jared Collins, who's coached with Willie Green, with Golden State, with those championship teams. That's going to be his right-hand man. And then you still got the, the guys that we all love on this staff. And Teresa Witherspoon, uh, player development, development. Uh, you also have uh, under her Darnell Lazar. Everybody knows him from LSU. Solid. He's played in the league. Uh, he's been very good. You got the shot guru in uh, Fred Vincent, uh, which I'm so happy he stayed around. And, of course, you got Casey Hill. So the coaching staff looks a lot better. And let me not forget to say that we have a, a, a special consultant on the team now, which is going to be Mike D'Antoni. You probably won't see him on game day, at least not on the bench. He's going to be working a lot behind the scenes. Uh, he's obviously going to be helping Willie Green, who's more of a defensive-minded coach, craft an offense around the unique talent that we have. I will give David Griffin a little bit, a little bit of a break. He was honest last year and the year before that when it comes to trying to build a team around Zion. And we said this last year, Zion is such a different animal. It's it's hard to compare him, you know? I mean, coming into the league, he was said to be Julius Randles with, with hops, but he, it, it's different. He has point guard handles to where they're tight enough for him to not to lose the ball in traffic. His footwork is outstanding. His leaping ability is something I don't think we've ever seen before. And his frame with that leaping ability is definitely something we've never seen before. He's one of one. So I can give David Griffin a break when he's trying to develop a roster around him that there's going to be some some bumps in the road. And obviously last year was that bump in the road. He thought he needed to bring in some defense. And to be quite honest, Stephen Adams withstanding, notwithstanding, because Stephen Adams, honestly, I still don't think he was that bad of a pickup. Eric Bledsoe was supposed to be our anchor on the perimeter defense. And he was not. He was terrible. So, this season, this offseason for David Griffin, trying to put together a team around Zion Williamson that will get us in the playoffs, uh, 
he makes the trade to move out Eric Bledsoe and Stephen Adams to Memphis for uh, Jonas Van Junis, uh, a second round, I think, something like that. But what he did do was open up uh, a trade exception, um, open up a lot of cap space. You know, we it's well documented by now. The Pelicans went off to, after some pretty big names and struck out. Went after Kyle Lowry, struck out. Went after Chris Paul, struck out. Went out after lower names like Tim Hardaway Jr., struck out. It's obvious that until we have a, 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 a winning culture here, it's going to be hard to pull big name free agents to New Orleans. And that's not just New Orleans specific. Hell, look at a team like Dallas. Did they improve massively around Luka Doncic? Their playoff team. Look at Portland. Holy crap. Did they improve at all around Damon Lillard? And they're a perennial playoff team. It's just hard. It's just hard for teams not in large, large markets. Not named Los Angeles, not named New York, Brooklyn, not named Miami just because South Beach is gorgeous and Florida has no um, state income tax to pull big names. It's just what it is. So Griffin was able to swing, you know, Garrett Simple. Jonas Valanciunas, Thomas Saloransky, Devontae Graham. To add to a roster of upcoming players. So did he add IQ, toughness, and shooting? I mean, on paper, he, he did add some shooting. Like we've talked before, Devontae uh, Graham... Did I say Devontae Adams again? I keep saying Devontae Adams. This is a, a thinking football mind. Football started this week. Anyway, Devontae Graham is going to be a more consistent three-point shooter than um, Lonzo Ball. And don't give me this thing that the Pelicans are going to be... The Pelicans have gotten worse defensively. I don't know how you get much worse defensively when you were 28th in the league in defense last year. And that's with Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is a good basketball player. And in fact, I have spoken to guys in the crew about Lonzo Ball and how I felt. Y'all know how I felt about Lonzo Ball last year. He was a bit of an enigma. He doesn't fit in the half-court game. He doesn't really make you better in the half-court game. Defensively, he's long, can play... Um, help side really well but don't give me this lockdown thing like he's you know Drew Holiday 2.0 that he's such a great perimeter defender because he's not there were several times in games last year where he's flat footed guys blown by him is he a better defender than uh, Devontae Graham yeah I mean just size wise Devontae Graham 6'1 
But you're not giving up that much with Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham can create his own shot. Lonzo Ball can't create his own shot. And again, unless you're talking about that awkward step back at the three-point line as creating his own shot. And he's too too scared to drive in, in the middle of the lane. You saw a little bit of it at the end of last year, but <laughs> typically Lonzo Ball is not going to be driving in the middle of the lane. So I don't think that losing Lonzo Ball, although, again, uh, when I was talking to you about Lonzo Ball in, in this offseason, if we should resign him, the only way I would say possibly we should try to resign him is because just what we saw this offseason when we opened up space for big name free agency. A guy like that who's got, he still has a lot of upside uh, to get a free agent like, like that. It's, it's hard to do in New Orleans. So when you got a guy in-house that you can just re-sign as a restricted free agent, nine out of ten times, you, you typically do that. Obviously, David Griffin is trying to get more consistent shooting around Zion and trying to get this team in the playoffs. And it has been seen, and we've talked about, that other than Brandon Ingram, I don't know if any of the other two Laker guys that we got in that trade for Anthony Davis, I don't know if they moved the needle to put us in the playoffs. We've we've seen two years of it. So, no, I don't think losing Lonzo Ball is that huge of a, a loss. Although the national media would make you think that. So, we get Devontae Graham, get uh, Thomas Sadoransky, we get... Um, Garrett Temple, we get Jonas Valanciunas in this offseason. We still have our trade exception, which is about 17.7 mil. Uh, I think we still have a, a mid-level exception, which I think is around 9.5. The team roster is actually pretty full. We've got guy, 14 guys signed. you got Brandon Ingram, Zion, Devontae Graham, Jackson Hayes, and let's all pray that that gets worked out and he's able to get into training camp because we could really reuse him. Um, with everything going on with him, with that whole deal with the um, LAPD and that whole crazy story. But we'll pray for him, and hopefully that all gets worked out. We get Billy Hernan Gomez back. We got Kyra Lewis Jr., Jr., Najee Marshall, Didi uh, Luzada. Again, Thomas Adoransky, Garrett, Jonas, Herb Jones, uh, Trey Murphy III, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. That's 14 players. We got one spot left. And that's uh, not including um, two-way player Jose uh, Alvarado, uh, which if you watch some of the summer league, he's pretty fun. I think he's going to be legit. Uh, At the very least, he's going to be a a good G League player for us. So there's some options for the Pelicans there. There's not really any guys in uh, that are left in free agency that that will move the needle. I mean, we still got Josh Hart out there whose um, market is, is drying up rapidly feel bad for the guy you know he's a good guy so do we bring him back on a, on a team-friendly deal or a qualifying offer who knows you know there's still talks that there's uh, maybe some Simon trades out there for Josh Hart maybe moving him to Chicago or wherever in three four team trade or however complicated you want to put it uh, to grab Laurie Markkinen he's still not signed uh, for the uh, with the Chicago Bulls you know, there's, there's t- still talks that Sacramento is still trying to find a place for Buddy Heald. 
Do we want some more shooting? I mean, we, we could go all in and shooting. I mean, you, imagine that lineup where you have Devontae Graham, Buddy Heald in your backcourt. Of course, we're not going to have any perimeter defense. Uh, Brandon Ingram at the three, Zion at the four, and Jonas Van Judas at the five. That's a pretty potent offense. I mean, you can't sag off of Buddy Heald. He's uh, the top scoring three-point shooter uh, in the league. He's made more three-point shots than pretty much everybody in the league the last year, if not two years. Devontae Graham is not a slouch. He shoots over 40% from three. Brandon Ingram, when he gets to step into his three, he's around 38%. He's pretty solid, too. Plus, that opens up wide everything for Brandon Ingram to drive, for Zion to drive, and for Jonas Valanciunas to create havoc down there. So, <laughs> again, <laughs> we're not going to get much defense, and Buddy Heald would come with a, a hefty uh, price tag. You know, he's making 20-plus a year. But that would be interesting. Cleveland is, I, I do believe, still trying to find a home for Colin Sexton. Is there a sign-and-trade uh, with Josh Hart or coupling Thomas Sadoransky or anything like that and to, to get Colin Sexton? I don't know. Um, I think Sexton would be a decent fit for the Pelicans, but again, you run into the problem you've had with Lonzo Ball uh, because Sexton, I think, this may be his last year or he's on his restricted year or something like that. Like You're going to have to pay the guy uh, some big bucks um, shortly. So, so I don't know. I don't know if that works. I mean, there's some... Other free agents on the market, you know, you got Aaron Baines out there, an older um, stretch big. You got Jordan Bell out there, another guy you could play at athletic power forward who is uh, coming off an injury, so I don't know what he looks like. So there's some moves for David Griffin to to make here before we have our our lineup set. Um, does Thomas Sadoransky stay or do we package him? You know, I mean, he's... He's a good, solid backup point guard. I, I think perimeter defense, we got slightly better with the veterans that we have on the team. I, I think we may be a little thin at the power forward right now. And obviously the center position, which obviously includes the power forward position, if you if we're talking about uh, Jackson Hayes, that's still all up in the air. Again, I hope everything works out for the guy and he can be uh, with the team for training camp because we do need him. So, not doomsday. Uh, again, the the offseason of David Griffin, if you want to look on paper, did he move the needle enough to get the Pelicans into the playoffs? There's still a question there. Maybe it works opposite because the last couple of seasons, you know, everything looks good on paper with David Griffin and none of it worked out. Maybe this year it doesn't look good on paper and it, it actually works out for the guy. Uh, we will see. That'll be interesting. So, I, I, I don't know. That I was listening to a, a national podcast, and I'm not going to name names because uh, I actually have to turn it off halfway through it. But they put they were tearing the the team so far after free agency, which is not even done, and we haven't gotten to training camp. But apparently, that's what national guys do when there's nothing to talk about. And they put the Pelicans in the fourth tier with, you know, Sacramento Kings and the the teams that, you know, were are, are on the fringe. I mean, obviously, you look at the roster we have, and it looks like the Pelicans are still on the fringe of the playoffs. They still, um, you know, are in that group of 
of teams that will be fighting for the play-in to get into the playoffs. But then these guys actually said that Memphis is in the second tier. And a question went off my head. How is Memphis, a team that the Pelicans have perennially, in, well, not perennially, annually uh, taken care of, even with the roster that we have had and, and the struggles we've had every single year, how is Memphis the team that's in the in the the second tier, you know, you basically you're saying that Memphis is a playoff team. Which they've made the playoffs only because Pelicans can't close out anybody other than Memphis. But that's that's just conjecture. We'll see what, what happens. There may be still some moves out there. We're still waiting on what the league office says about the tampering, if that affects the Pelicans in any way. We're all ears here at the Pelican Crew. Come join us on the Pelican Crew Facebook page. Follow us on this podcast. We'll keep you up to date. Um, And until next time, thank you again for listening. Go Pels. And guys, sing me out. (laughs)